as a kid, I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to have powers, and I wanted that because I wanted people to admire me for something, I guess. I wanted to be celebrated. When you have full-blown self-expression and there's no barriers holding you back, it's truly powerful. This is Gender Euphoria, a limited podcast series from Broccoli Content. My name is Hannah Walker-Brown, and over the next seven episodes, I'm going to be interviewing people I really admire about when they feel most like themselves, what brings them joy and pleasure, and their individual journeys to self-acceptance. When we only talk about pain, misery, trans people are turned into statistics, and it, it takes the human nature of us away. Being yourself is radical. It's an act of defiance in itself, just allowing yourself to live authentically. In this episode, I'm talking to Ali. Hey, so I'm Ali Afzal. I'm originally from the north of England, uh, of Pakistani heritage. Uh, I'm currently living in London. I moved here to work in TV originally, uh, but um, I'm now working as an actor. My pronouns are he, him, but I do I like to be referred to as a her when my alter ego, Alicia Fersion, comes out. So an interesting fact that I like to share with everyone about myself is that I'm um, one of 11. So I have nine sisters and a younger brother, which makes me the 10th queen. What was it like growing up with nine sisters? It's a mixture of emotions, really, because each sister is so different. You've got one sister who loves fashion, one sister that loves business. I feel like I'm all my nine sisters in one person. It kind of sort of confused me because obviously after nine girls, I was like, what, what am I? Because also I was living with my, my sexuality at the time as well. And I knew by the way from when I was eight years old that I was um, into men. <laughs> I know that's very young to find out, but I knew I was gay at the age of eight. And um, having, again, ha- being surrounded by all these females, I, I think the question was, is it because I'm around them and that's why I'm into men? Or is it because this is who I am? And there was a lot of confusion with my gender at the time. I was like, what am I? And why am I different to them? And did you ever talk to them about that growing up i so my niece as well sorry my second sister's daughter uh it is a four or five year difference between us so growing up having uh, my niece with me as well we used to do um play dress up a lot (laughs) that's something i couldn't openly do and i'm in front of them and i think the way i got around that was when i went into performing when i was younger because they're like, oh, he's acting, so it's fine. It's not an issue. So I couldn't really speak to them about it. Um, and that was mainly because it was more of a, like, I don't know if it was like a religious thing or a cultural thing, but it was something that I held back. And I think it was that that that's because I wasn't comfortable in myself. And I don't, I, again, I wasn't sure how they would take it, even though it was quite obvious because I'll be giving my sister uh, like fashion tips and fashion advice like every single other day and I'd be like do this to your hair wear this shoes wear that and it was so evident but at the same time it was something that was we didn't speak about yeah I think that was most open uh, to my niece and she was obviously younger than me um, but so I was mainly myself around her uh, and so she got to see all that that side of me and so I suppose finding performing finding the stage was an outlet 
100% with performing, I would just get lost and I would become this other person. And I mentioned this alter ego that I have called Alicia Fashion. Funny enough, recently, throughout this year, actually, this year, I feel like I have been able to do some more because I've hid a lot of myself from everyone. On social media, I'd always show like a certain part of me and not me completely. And I think this year, I was like, I'm actually going to share that. Let's put a wig on. Let's put a bit of lippy on and just have a laugh. And I started being more myself. And that, that's when I do feel my most confidence. But I, I, what gives me more confidence is the people that I'm around as well. Not that I need the validation or, or assurance, but it's also knowing that actually people around me, they're like, yeah, it's, it's normal. And that's the problem that I had being from a small town from Blackburn, which I'm originally from, it was it's such a small town and it is South Asia, quite you know, South Asia dominated. And it, I, I felt like I had quite a few barriers, so I couldn't be my complete self. Uh, and only recently I've, I've been, I have been able to do that by obviously coming to London, which is the biggest city, and, you know, meeting so many people and feeling accepted, being accepted. I think that's, the, that's, I think that's been part of my, my growth in my, in my confidence and self-acceptance as well. So tell me about Alicia Fajan, your alter ego, because it's not a drag act. This is kind of similar to Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, isn't it? Right. So Alicia Fajan, <laughs> Alicia Fajan, how that came along was, so one thing I used to really struggle with um, uh, growing up was my actual identity like my heritage and accept myself as a Pakistani because I wanted to fit in everywhere and I went to a Catholic school which predominantly was Caucasian white and I didn't really fit in with the other South Asians because again I was you know doing drama and stuff and they didn't approve of that and so I didn't fit in with them a lot of people used to ask me about what's your back away from I used, I used to like I'm lying and say oh yeah my mom my mom was white and my dad thinks so I'm, I'm mixed race just to fit in and I think as the years went by, this other characters developed and that gave me the confidence. And it was Alicia, I don't know, I don't know it was this feisty woman. And then Fajian was fake Asian. So that's where Fajian came from. So Alicia Fajian came. And I don't know, since then, I've always been like, well, I'm going to be Alicia Fajian, put this hat on. And that's what gave me the confidence to do stuff. And it was like, I would, she would come out when, uh, for example, if she was in an interview or if she was doing any, any public speaking. So yeah, she comes out now and then, but um, everyone's like, oh, look, Alicia Fajian's here. When I walk in, they're like, oh, little your patients here. And I was like, a lot of my close friends know that, but I, I only recently I started, started sharing her with the world. And I was like, so why is she a her, not, not a him? And I was like, because she is all my nine sisters in one person. I used to get called all sorts of names to different people from my hometown, like, oh, you're a fake Asian, you're this, you know, and, and, and that's where Fajian came from. And Alicia, again, some Ali, and I was like, Alicia, yeah, I like that. Um, and, um, that's when only recently I've been like, I'm proud of this. Actually, I love it. I love, I love everything about being Pakistani. And the only regret that I was growing up that I sort of hit that. And I think the main reason was, again, though, was because of my confusion of who I was and my own identity problems. Um, yeah, but yeah, Alicia Fajan, that's where she's come from. She's still here. Um, but I feel like now Ali's taken over. So Alicia Fajan does come out now and then. And you'll see her with a wig on on TikTok or Instagram somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> And I actually have seen her on Instagram and on TikTok, which I only use to see Alicia, and she is so joyful. <laughs> yeah, so she might make an appearance again soon. Um, she made it through lockdown, and, and it's funny, lockdown made her come out, which is interesting. So that was one positive from 2020. And I think this year I've learned a lot about myself. 
and who I am. And I think usually, I don't know about yourself, but I'm constantly doing X, Y, Z. And I've never had this time to actually reflect and just just actually there's a lot of things that I've just like buried under. And I think this year's been like a bit of a yo-yo, but it's been good. It's because I think this is the year where I've found the true me and who I am. And I I really appreciate it because with me being who I am, I could sort of like influence others, the younger versions of me to do the same because I didn't see anyone like me on screens or in the media. If it was anyone, it was always someone that was always camped up and obviously used as a comedy character. And I just feel like I didn't have anyone as a role model and I feel like I'm slowly doing that. And I think that's that's what would bring me joy because I, I wish I had that. And I also think, you know, if you see someone like you living authentically, it does give you permission to live authentically too. And I feel like I've seen that a lot. And I've, again, recently, as I've opened my eyes up, and um, especially to um, to the South Asian gay scene, and as I call it, this scene in, in London, and I, I didn't know that existed. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is everything I am. And there's a night call, um, if anyone that doesn't know, it's called Hangama, and I just... And, and I found it about a year ago and I was like, this is everything that represents me. Everyone is so free and it's such a diverse set of characters and different, so many different people and performers. And I was like, this is everything that I'm about. And I and it's like, I found that obviously coming to London. I was like, I wish they, we could have that, you know, in in smaller towns or cities and um, in smaller cities as well. And, and not just here in London, like I think obviously gradually it will do, but I think only way that would happen is if more of us are ourselves out there and not hiding ourselves because there's no way we are gonna progress and move forward if we, if we keep doing that. Absolutely. And so if you don't have a stage like this year um, with lockdown, what do you do in order to reconnect with yourself or to feel truly like you I feel most like myself when I'm on my own obviously in my own room and when I put my music on I just have a dance and just let go but I'm not a professional dancer and I'm not that great but I, I that's something that I um I love doing I just let go and that just really I just that's my sort of um my meditation in, in a way so yeah that's when I feel my, my true self well I've actually seen you dance in real life um before we're all in on zoom and you're a great dancer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I could do with a few lessons. Um, but if I'm myself, yeah, I, I mean, I can do a few bits. Um, but um, I need to learn how to twerk professionally. Uh, I've also seen you twerk and you give it a good go. <laughs> Thank, yeah, I do. I do try it. I think, again, I think that was Alicia Fasian, not me. So that might be Alicia Fasian, not Ali. So... <laughs> And I wanted to sort of touch upon your journey to self-acceptance. You know, like you, you've said, this year you really sort of came home to yourself. And within that came this sharing of you, like the, the truest form of you in, you know, the fun you, the Alicia Fajian you, the you that, you know, was existing privately or within the safe spaces that you had created moving to London. And I suppose there are many things that you have to navigate within that. There's religion, there's culture, there's, you know, sexuality. There, All of this is tied up within your identity. And so I wondered your experience, like how you 
sort of consolidated all of those parts like I said, it's been like some, quite a bit of a journey. And I think from a young age, I used to, uh, going back to my sexuality, I used to always, again, being around so many <laughs> females, um, I used to pray as well. Why am I not? Why am I not a girl? Or am I meant to be a girl? And like, I wanted to, and I remember wishing and praying, going to bed, I was like, please, I'll wake up today and I'm, I've got, I'm a female, I've got all, you know, female parts and everything. And over the years that went on, and I think, being in a small town I didn't know that there was big big and better world out there getting out of my my town and then exploring and also having the courage to do that and my journey to self-acceptance mainly started when I first came to London and when I moved to Manchester actually originally and got to see there was there was so much more out there and then again it's all about the people that I surrounded myself with and who accepted me for me and that's when I realized actually if they can why can't I accept it and it's been a bit of a journey and that's what that's what I mentioned about obviously my heritage as well and also being gay I accepted being gay from very from when I was 16 actually and I accepted that and I was like this is not going to change but I kept it hidden I still I went through uni not having any experiences with anyone um like I had my first experience when I was 23 um with anyone I was like I just hid my sexuality from everyone because I was like I don't need I don't want anyone to judge me or treat me differently and London was where I truly found myself I believe and I think the obviously over the years my confidence has grown but I think the self-acceptance really like fully completely accepting myself I would say was this year pretty much with with everything going on I think that's an Australia you are like this Ali you like to wear um you, you like to wear a bit of lippy wear it even you like to dress different you, you know you have different each day you wake up and you want you know you want to be whatever like it's fine one thing I really appreciate actually is my family do still accept me and respect me that's been really helpful because if I didn't really have that I don't I don't know how how where I would be now I've been quite fortunate that I've had sisters uh, and my mum who have been very supportive in everything that I've done and we've had quite a few tough conversations this year with them and it was it was tough but I think it was good to sort of get everything out there because there's a lot of stuff that we just didn't speak about that's really helped me accept me for who I am. And I think it's like with anything if you feel safe in a space in yourself it, you know, be that kind of virtually online or in real life, then you can start to kind of step in to do the work. And even with something like lockdown, like you said, you know, there is a space where you are on your own, you're confronted by a lot, but where you can privately do this self-inquiry, do this work because you don't have the distractions of other people or the projections that other people are putting onto you. You know, it's hard enough sort of confronting your own stuff but then to also go do you know what well I guess acknowledging that your own stuff comes from somewhere who is there at the beginning it's usually family so to sort of step up and step into that realm I I think it's really important to do so and um there is a lot of people that I um uh over the years have like as in friends who I thought were friends obviously growing up and I have lost because they've not been, been fully been able to get their head around who I am and I think it was too much for them I don't know if it's if it's down to religion or cultural what um it's been tough there's a lot of my friends who didn't get it and it was more about because they didn't understand it I just like I kind of shut them out because I was like okay they don't understand it or they think this way but actually what I should have also done was at the time taken time to sort of explain to them 
uh, and educate them. And I think I didn't do that as well because I just thought, oh, they have their views, that's it, or their religion, that's it. And I don't really speak to them. And I think oh, that's one of the things I wish I did. And I think moving forward, I think I sort of wish I didn't just write certain people off because they just didn't get me because I should have actually spoke to them and actually explained to them who I was. It's a two-way thing, really. Um, so instead of shutting down, I think it's really important to talk about who you are and being your true self and putting it out there. I think a lot of people from uh, my community as well, the LGBTQ community, and instead of moving on, and I get it can be tiresome because you're constantly repeating yourself. But I mean, when it comes to like close family or friends, these relationships they've had since birth, um, obviously it can be quite difficult, um, especially if you, you like my family are quite strict Muslims. And I think I'm, I'm sort of glad that I took the time to speak to them, make them understand. And it's not happened overnight. It's taken years. But I think we're in a good place now where they, where they get who I am. It's very easy to just shut down. I think for a lot of people, they have to do that for their own protection because their, you know, their lives are at risk if they don't. And, you know, sometimes it's safer to just not say anything, to keep your head down or to hide away. But I think, you know, for you, it seems like taking those steps has really helped not only sort of establishing who you are, but feeling accepted, whether that's, you know, self-acceptance or within your circle. I was, again, I'm really fortunate to have a sister, my sister's my my mum, who are really accepting because you don't get that a lot and um again my mom isn't she's not originally she's not from she's not born here she's originally obviously born in pakistan and she's you know, migrated over here and for her to completely still accept me and love me and support me in everything that i do i was like that is that is a big thing um and especially for a salvation woman but again not everyone is as fortunate as me and doesn't have that and that and hence why i think a lot of the work i want to do moving forward is to help those younger versions of me that are especially from the south asian lgbtq community i i think there's there's more work that needs to be done in the smaller towns and obviously having a community in london which i mentioned earlier and it's so big and so free i was like i just want to help the ones that don't have those the access or resources or are so closed off in the community that they don't know there's actually anything you know out there and I think a lot of the stuff does resort to a lot of young gay males are especially Pakistani males they do end up you know resorting to you know committing suicide and it's really it's, it's sad it's because when you are such a closed community you just don't know there's anything out there and I think again I think it's um in order to change that I think there needs to be more of us putting ourselves out there and talking about it and being that that representation And so if we just come to this concept of gender euphoria, this feeling of pleasure, of joy that we have in our bodies, in our identities, are there any moments where you can recall feeling just so, you know, either kind of just quietly content with yourself or maybe you've caught yourself and you're just like, mm, yeah, this is, this is exactly who I'm supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to feel. I feel good. I went out in Soho and I had um, this really sparkly top on and it was, for me, again, a bit out there. I was like, oh, no, I'm gonna have people going to stare at me this that. But I went and I felt completely... I remember walking through the streets and being like, and, and no one by it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I can just be me. And I just loved that feeling. I remember that and I was like, this is so good. If I was to dress like that, obviously somewhere else or um, in my hometown, oh my God, the amount of abuse I would get. 
Um, but I was like, oh my god, I can find just no one's, no one's, you know, saying anything to me. And I think, I think I also um, felt the most euphoric actually. I would say about two years ago. So what I did, um, because I wasn't completely out on social media, anything, but I think it was like a coming out picture. But it was um, I put a post up with myself with the with a pride flag painted on my on my on my face and um I, that was like in a way like it was like my, my coming out thing so I wouldn't put again it was um my, one of my sisters in the comments she's like have you are you wearing um, lipstick and that I was like yes I am she's like oh cool there's not a problem there cool you do you you've been yourself I um I remember thinking I was really humming on Aaron about sharing that photo because so I was like no I'm gonna be more myself and I remember that feeling as well and it was the same feeling that I had walking through Soho with that with my lippy on and with you know with this sparkly top and literally no one cared I was like and in my head I remember thinking before posting this picture I was like such it was such a build-up to it and I was like oh my god oh my god and it was kind of coming out to the world officially because I wasn't fully out and, it, and I put that and it, it was yeah I remember that feeling and I've and um yeah so yeah so I was just thinking about that it's made me really happy again um but um, one of um, the moments where I did feel very euphoric so yeah Thank you.